Welcome to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for joining us this week here on the Crude Life Week in Review. Coming up on today's program, we talk with Luke Giever from BBI International, also known as the Bakken Conference they have coming up here this week in Bismarck, North Dakota. Should be a fun time. The North American Shale Magazine they also have. And there's other things that they do, they biomass, as well as uh, all kinds of different things. Drones, they have their finger in there as well. So we talk with Luke Giever, with BBI, sorry, Luke Giever. I, I missed the K on the previous previous Luke Giever, so I do apologize for that. But we talk about the speakers coming up for their 2019 Bakken Conference. Drones, artificial intelligence in the oil field, as well as some of the water and blockchain issues. And then he talks about a roundtable discussion they're going to have on Wednesday this week in Bismarck, North Dakota. All right, Luke Giever coming up in just a moment or two, plus Pat Young with Patlock out of Watford City, North Dakota. One of my favorite stories. I love the picks and the shovels of the Bakken. I love the entrepreneurship, the essence of capitalism that's alive out in the oil field. Pat Young is one of those examples that we talk about on the show. He's a roughneck, roustabout, turned into inventor, turned into business owner. From Wyoming, I believe the Gillette area, if my memory serves me correctly, found his way to Watford City. Back and forth and figured out a way to make a company work. Now he's got some employees and he's hiring. That's some good sign up there in Watford City. Pat Young coming up in just a moment or two in the program. But first, our weekly Davis Refinery update right here on the Crude Life Week in Review. The Davis Refinery, of course, going to Belfield, North Dakota. First greenfield refinery to be constructed in over 50 years, right here in the heart of the Bakken. All right, this is William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jason, thank you. Um, well, you know, that you mentioned the shale revolution. It's changed the industry, uh, and not just in the United States, the entire world. Um, Quite frankly, in the United States, the refining industry doesn't know what to do with all this crude oil. It's kind of used to sipping out of tankers along the coast for the last five or six or decades and uh, doesn't know what to do with it. Um, also, we're kind of tired of seeing pollution from major industrial plants. So when we got started on the Davis refinery, uh, we decided to do something quite a bit different. Uh, when we filed for our permits uh, as a full conversion refinery, as a minor source, uh, Oil and Gas Journal called it historic. So I'm glad you also believe it's going to be part of the history books, and we're committed to making it historic. <clears throat> what we're doing is we're cheating. Uh, we're starting with a blank sheet of paper. Uh, we're designing a refinery that uh, is geared to saving every hydrocarbon it can from becoming pollution and becoming part of our finished products. Uh, when you know refineries were being designed 100 years ago, uh, crude was dirt cheap, so it wasn't really worth it. Nobody really thought about pollution back then. But when I see something that could give rise to an escaped hydrocarbon, I see dollars and cents floating away. We're not going to do that. Um, the refinery we're building in <clears throat> North Dakota is designed only to run on Bakken oil. And when you design a project to run on a single crude oil, you don't have to design a lot of uh, what 
what the refiner industry calls complexity into it. In other words, you don't put excess iron on the ground and, and have to heat it up all the time. And it's just only the equipment you need for that particular crude oil. And Bakken oil is probably the, the best oil to refine on the planet. You could argue that Saudi light was a little bit easier to process, but I really don't think so. Um, so we're starting out, you know, as I said earlier, by cheating. We're building a single-purpose refinery, very, very highly efficient refinery from a capital and a material point of view. And it's going to be much, much cleaner because we're going to integrate into the design and have integrated into the design the latest, uh, you know, technological innovations from the last 40, 50 years. Um, and you mentioned uh, the Permian. Um, West Texas crude, in many respects, is very similar to Bakken oil. Um, and so we're going to replicate the Davis refinery down there and uh, and introduce Texas to a new kind of refinery as well. Now, that is called um, the Walton Station Refinery, correct, down in the Permian? Yeah, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, the area that this refinery is going to be located in, uh, just north of Kermit, Texas, is an area that's been ranched by the Walton family for generations. Not not the Walton family from the TV. Huh. And, and there used to be a stage uh, line that ran through it, and a stage station was at the ranch house. So they asked us if we would uh, mind calling it Walton Station and agreed that would be a great name for the project. So, yeah, and um, so correct me if I'm wrong, though, because the thing that we've been talking about in this program is that, you know, the one thing that's really cool about what you guys are doing is you're going to set the global standard when it comes to refineries. The part that, you know, some people might maybe kind of rib you guys a little bit is that, well, by default, then you're going to be the global standard because you're the first people to do it in 50 years. Uh, is that going to roll over into the Permian? Is that kind of the idea here, that that same similar technology? You touched on it a little bit with the um, similar crude oil, but is it just from a 5,000-foot view? That's what we're talking about, right? Taking that technology, bringing it down to the Permian? Yeah, we've, uh, we've essentially integrated all of this new technology into a new kind of refinery, uh, and that's our, that's our trade secret. That's our secret sauce. Uh, this exact same design with slight modifications because, you know, the uh, West Texas crude has a slightly higher sulfur content, so we have to do something uh, different on that score. But other than that, it's the same deal. It will also be permitted as a synthetic minor source, and uh, there's no reason why we can't do this in every shale basin in the U.S., is that kind of the idea? You know, I mean, I'm not saying that's on your business plan, but is that kind of, you know, the... Maybe after hours talk is, you know, ideally we'd like to do this in every show play? Well, you know what? It's, it's what we have to do. Uh, we've decided that we're going to be an industry game changer. Uh, we're disruptive by nature, and the way you do that is by showing up uninvited and doing what you do. So that's our, that's our, our strategy is to do this throughout the United States and take the Davis uh, refinery, if you will, on a roadshow. Um, you know, and, and a lot of investors in our company are North Dakota residents. And, you know, it took us a long time to get our permits. It took us longer than we, we thought it would. 
uh, we had to invest a lot of money in engineering to get those permits done, more so than any other refiner has ever had to do. So we're going to get that money back for our investors by doing this over and over again. That was William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies. This is The Crude Life Week in Review. the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. And your baby blue eyes. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Up next, Luke Giever with BBI International and the 2019 Bakken Conference. Luke Giever, BBI International. BBI International, of course, most people might know you as the kind of the master of ceremony, the organizer, if you will, for the Bakken Conference. This is, um, well, not the Bakken, is it the Bakken Conference? Or what, what's what's the name of it? Because um, I know that it was the Bakken Magazine, but now it's the North American Shale Magazine. So I, I apologize. I don't have my notes in front of me. So help me take my foot out of my mouth, Luke. Talk to me about the event going <laughs> sure. on next week. <laughs> sure, sure. As you know, Jason, um, there's so much happening across the country with um, shale, oil, and gas. Um, it was, we originally started um, with a magazine out of our publishing and uh, events company based in North Dakota. We first started focusing on the Bakken, and then we also branched out uh, with our magazine, uh, Print and Digital, to cover the, the whole U.S., um, and that's called North American Shale Magazine. Our team at that magazine has been... Um, hosting, organizing, and putting on the Bakken Conference and Expo um, for about five years now at different places in the state. We started on the east side of the state. Um, we've been to the west side of the state. Uh, this year we happen to be in in sort of uh, central 
North Dakota there in Bismarck, and so that's where the 2019 event will be. You know, I apologize again but um, not having my notes totally in order here, but the, very similar to, to the path that the, the crude life went on. Started in, you know, with a Bakken-centric type thing and then realized, at least from my standpoint, I realized a lot of these companies were in a lot of the different shale plays and a lot of the different communities really spoke to the other communities and a lot of the innovation seemed to work in a lot of the different other shale plays, but there wasn't just a little twist of, of locality that was needed and that sort of thing. But the broad spectrum was there. Uh, did, why did you guys do did, go from the Bakken to the North American shale, I guess? I think for, for some of the reasons you mentioned, uh, certainly Jason with, um, the link between so many of, uh, the different plays, whether it be the Bakken and, Delaware Basin or the Eagleford and the Haynesville and uh, just the, the, the major link and connection that was present with all of those um, combined with just the amount of activity and historic things happening um, you can imagine as a as yourself um, creating content especially around a specific sector in this case shale oil and gas um, it's like a kid in a candy store when you look at the amount of things happening first in the Bakken and then in the Permian. And uh, it's been great and challenging, I would say, but uh, great to try and stay up on the new technologies and cover all of the uh, really exciting and unique things uh, that are happening in one play and how they transfer to a different play and, um, you know, how people figure out things with the rock in one play and how they utilize those learnings in a different place so that's kind of uh why we were able to to branch out and take what we were trying to do and go um to the broader spectrum on the north american shale scene and you also have that other energy scene i I know in the past you guys have done some biomass things and that sort of um leads me to my next question that the energy industry and you figured this out they love all all forms above. They would just like a fair marketplace. Um, do you see a day where you're going to maybe take not not combine them, but maybe kind of cross promote that kind of that um, biomass side of your your events and business and, and editorial content to maybe the oil and gas side, or is that already kind of happening? Well, I think uh, with the on the editorial side and the print side of things, we we try and keep them pretty focused. Um, as you might imagine, um, someone working at a biomass plant or a pellet mill in North Dakota or Georgia, uh, their main focus is on how to do their job better. And so I think we would we would focus the content in, in the print side of things um, to those specific niches. But um, this year we're actually tr- focusing on um, to a little bit of what you're talking about, Jason branching out in, in uh, the, the kind of the content offerings we have at, at, on our event side um, to showcase and bring to light a lot of the different trends and opportunities that are present um, in the overall multifaceted energy industry in North Dakota. Um, so this November we're, we're putting on a, a new event for us called the North Dakota Energy Conference and Expo, and it's really playing off of that uh, all of the above uh, energy approach 
that some people are for and uh, really the reality of of North Dakota with all of the different opportunities there are for development obviously in oil and gas but also in the um, the bioenergy side of things along with wind and solar there's so many things happening that that as you know you you kind of see those things in covering the oil and gas industry that it's uh, too exciting to ignore and that's why we've um, added a new event to, to our lineup this year like I said in November uh, in Grand Forks, North Dakota, the North Dakota Energy Conference and Expo. Well, I wish you guys luck on that. And, and what you said is true. I mean, you know, a lot of times when you're producing the content like you are uh, as, as an editor of the magazine and as well as other duties um, and myself, somebody out there gathering content that you, you almost can see the stars align a little bit sooner than other people, but you don't want to come across arrogant or some intellect or anything. You just want to point out those dots and say, Gee, you know, if you guys could just connect these couple dots here, you could get this. So I'm glad to see you guys are doing that conference. I think it'll go probably pl pl uh, very pleasant. I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised because I think this uh, desire for all the above is, is out there. And um, I haven't seen too many of these out there. So kudos to that. Uh, let's get to the main event topic here, which is the Bakken Expo, the, the, the Bakken Conference. This is the fifth annual, you said? Yeah, that's correct. The fifth annual. And talk to me about this year's conference. It's in Bismarck, and uh, some of the corporate, some of the sponsors you want to mention, some of the speakers, some of the topics. Uh, feel free to kind of run the gamut a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think the, a good place to start is just to talk about um, – the agenda and what folks are going to talk about. It's, it's interesting how much like a, um, a magazine issue or a, a special report, um, this agenda for the 2019 uh, show really kind of had its own themes emerge. Um, and I was talking about this with our team the other day, and it's just been interesting how it seems fitting that in a state like North Dakota where sort of embrace new technology with things like drones that um, I think half of the first day of the event is uh, has presentations touching on new technology, big data, um, kind of those trendy words and ideas we hear a lot with drones or data or AI. Um, and we've got speakers coming to talk about work that they've done um, they can do or are already doing in the Bakken with things like artificial intelligence to help um, with automating well sites, um, taking unutilized flared gas to um, power data centers on site um, at a well site in North Dakota. Um, there's also some folks coming to talk about um, some of the work they've done down in Houston and uh, Texas with water hauling supply and uh, implementing blockchain technology and how they're doing that. And so that was one of the major themes that kind of just just showed up after the agenda building process was how the newest of the new technology in the, in the quote unquote digital oil field is really um, playing out in North Dakota. What kind of response are you hearing anecdotally either around your office or from people you interview to people, you know, that, that are out in the field on the whole 
digital transition from, you know, the AI to just even the human resources department. I, I remember interviews doing with people three years ago and they were still bucking the horse on, you know, big data in the HR department. I can't imagine, you know, bringing in a drone or an artificial intelligence, but you guys are cutting edge covering this stuff. So uh, what, what, what's kind of some of the early, early um, words you guys are hearing? Well, it's definitely been interesting. And I, I definitely understand your sentiment too, Jason, that there, there's always going to be um, certain people that, that don't think certain technology is needed. But when you listen to the companies talk about their technologies, one thing that really stands out is... Mr. Luke Giever, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back, we'll continue the conversation with Luke Giever with BBI International and the 2019 Bakken Conference. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. From apartment to apartment, state to state, and it doesn't really matter where I go. There's only one place I could call my Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Up next, Luke Giever with BBI International in the 2019 Bakken Conference. Well, it's definitely been interesting, and I, I definitely understand your sentiment too, Jason. There, there's always going to be um, certain people that that don't think certain technology is needed. But when you listen to the companies talk about their technologies, one thing that really stands out is many of them have actual case studies and projects that are already completed that they've uh, performed for clients, whether it be in the Bakken or in the Permian or um, out east in the Marcellus, they've all got these um, proven track records now where they've already implemented this stuff and they're excited to talk about uh, sort of lessons learned and, and updates or efficiencies gained from uh, whether it be a well site or an office or um, new technical analysis of how to uh, create a better completion design for a, for a long reach lateral. It's been uh, 
really amazing, really, to see that uh, maybe in years past when it was more talk, um, there's definitely been more action that's been completed on some of that talk. And, and as you know, in the oil and gas industry, that's really important um, for companies to have that case study data to back up some of the claims that they're making with this stuff. And so that's what it's exciting about the conference this year is all the talks. Um, they have case studies, and I've seen their PowerPoint presentations already, and they, they have some really cool graphics to show, here's how we implemented this, and, and here's the positive change that resulted. Are there any speci- any certain um, speakers to note at this year's conference? I know they're all they're they're all great and they're all you know bring their own flavor of things. But you know, is there anybody you know you mentioned the AI thing? Is that just you know somebody like that is probably um, probably not very well known at all? You know, type of a thing. So who knows? You guys might be bringing the best one in the world. I'm not even sure. So I'm not even. You know, is there? <laughs> Is there a kind of a, some speakers that um, you care to mention? Yeah, definitely. I think if you're talking about AI, we've got um, Brian Arnst. He's the director of op- optimization for a company called Ambient. And um, just a little under a year ago, they worked with a um, small company um, out of Norway who's since changed their name um, to Equinor, and they worked with them. A uh, small company is obviously a joke. Um, they worked with Equinor in the Wilson Basin on bringing AI uh, to the well site and helping with determining the efficiency of, of rod pumps and, and the stroke length and things at um, the pump jacks. And they're going to talk about that on the artificial intelligence side and how they've been able to help and, and what they've kind of learned since. Um, another company that's done a lot of really interesting work with completions you know those are changing all the time and you know because of new completion designs we hear you know the the popular talk that fringe areas in in the Bakken are again economical um, because of new completions well there's a company called drill to frack um, with pascal reyes aguirre that is going to talk about um you know in his own terms how to listen to the rock why new downhole modeling and information is sort of changing the, the completion strategies of companies and what it's doing. And they've got a unique um, technique of measuring a rock's mechanical specific energy that they use to help sort of determine if a certain portion of a lateral is stimulated, how that will affect the overall um, completion design and, and uh, optimization of that well. and. And Hill, I'm sure uh, Pasco will go into much greater detail on, on a more technical level, level than I ever could. But um, he'll be a great one too. On the, um, you know, the investment side of things is always really interesting. I think the second day of the show, um, we've got two back-to-back speakers that are going to talk about um, the investment side and what Wall Street wants from some of these major Bakken producers now. And we have James Chu, who's um, chief technical officer and the project production specialist for a company that um, actually works directly with operators to say, hey, here is what Wall Street wants. Here's what the new investor mindset is. And then they work with them to sort of uh, help them figure out how to accomplish that. So when you hear, you know, the terms of free cash flow and 
operating within cash flow and things like that, James and his team can help people and companies uh, do that. And then uh, one more that I definitely think is worth mentioning, Jason, um, is Nicholas O'Grady from uh, Northern Oil and Gas, and they've that's a non-op company that participates in a lot of wells in the Bakken, and and they've got a unique history, and they've sort of been revitalized in the last few years. And the most interesting thing about their company is they have participated um, in, I think, more wells than any non-operator in the Bakken ever has. And um, the amount of data and insight they have to um, a majority of the wells ever drilled in the Bakken is just incredible. And it's it's amazing to talk with them um, just about the things they've learned, kind of the trends that they've seen come and go um, with with operators in the Bakken. And they're going to talk a lot about that and their story and, and sort of why they're, they're so uniquely positioned um, as a non-op investor for the Bakken. So those are those are definitely some of the, the speakers that, that I'm excited about for sure. How about when it comes to some of the sponsors for the event? Uh, any sponsors you care to mention? Yeah, so we've got uh, a lot of different sponsors this year. We have Boys in Blue, um, Celtech International bringing some new technology along with CP Energy Services. Um, originally, they wanted to bring a major, major um, piece of equipment into the uh, event center there in Bismarck, but I think we, uh, as much as we tried, we couldn't handle bringing in multiple semis worth of equipment. That's how, much, that's how big it was, but um, they're going to be there to talk about um, some of their new um, water, sand, oil and gas um, filtration uh, technology that they use in other plays that's really made a big difference in um, getting rid of a lot of the oil field waste. Uh, so that's that's really an interesting one. We've got Veriforce and PEC. And then, you know, it's great to have companies like Troutman Welding and Fabrication who are on the sort of the, the ground level of things, helping to manufacture and, and work on some of the new technologies or just the day-to-day -day equipment needed to to help the Bakken produce. What are we at now? One 1.2 or something like that, however many barrels of oil per day it is. But um, it's great to have companies like that. Well, let's get the rundown of uh, the event as far as the dates, times, locations, anything you want to make sure that gets mentioned so that people have all the right information. So for the Bakken Conference happened in 2019. Yeah, so we start at Tuesday at 9 o'clock, um, and we've got... Uh, really packed schedule the full day. Um, it's a one and a half day show, Tuesday from 9 to 6.30. Um, lunch is included. We've got different networking reception breaks. Um, we've got uh, a special barbecue dinner at 5 o'clock um, at the Bismarck Event Center. Really looking forward to that. It's hard to beat some good barbecue. Um, during the, the lunches, and the evening reception break, um, we've also got an innovation stage set up for a number of researchers from the University of North Dakota's Petroleum Engineering Department to talk about some of the incredible work they're doing um, with downhole and, and um, 
surface uh, operations out in the Bakken with um, some of their major partners, some some Bakken operators that everyone would recognize. They're actually going to be talking. I think we have five or six um, speakers lined up to also be talking in the uh, expo floor when um, everyone's walking around talking with the exhibitors and such. Uh, Wednesday, we start at the same time, nine o'clock, and then we uh, we go till one thirty. And one of the, the nice things we're doing, um, which you and I were just talking about, um, kind of a roundtable discussion. Those are always always great to listen to. They're kind of refreshing. You know, no powerpoints, no uh, prepared remarks. Um, we've got uh, a CEO from an emerging completions company out of Colorado that's doing a lot of work in the Bakken. And that was Luke Giever with BBI International and the 2019 Bakken Conference. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Crude Life of the Crude Life. Every time I roll back around. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. You can run from the wintertime in the midnight black. Hope coming up behind you, teeth in your neck. On the road like the fingers of a ghost. Wind is crying through a crack in the window. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with Pat Young, the owner of Patlock Safety Systems. Hi, my name is Patrick Young. Uh, our business is Patlock Safety Systems. Patlock Safety Systems. First of all, thank you for joining the program here today. Let's talk a little bit about what Patlock Safety Systems is. I'm thinking about something that, you know, is going to make my bike safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's products for that, too. <laughs> all right. Uh, t- 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 tell me about what you guys are doing out there in the oil and gas world. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're located over here in uh, Washington City, North Dakota. Uh, and, and what we do, we have designed a, uh, a basically a mechanical device that that we install on uh, pumping units such as you know like Lufkin Weatherford type units. Um, and, and and what our product does, it it uh, safely engages and disengages uh, your paw on the unit, or you know rig term the dog on the unit without ever having to uh, get on what we like to call the belly of the beast, uh, 
uh, have, have to crawl up there and either knock them in or knock them out. And so we like to, well, the great thing about the product does is, you know, it's kind of a one-man operation. We can, you know, completely disable that unit from outside the fence, you know, well before, you know, say your rig shows up and they need to throw a chain around, you know, the flywheel or bull wheel, whatever you want to call it. You know, so we can just close that window of, you know, any type of potential, you know, accident. And so, and, you know, and with that, you know, we've been in business for, you know, roughly almost three years. And, uh, you know, we've got about 12 different models now. And uh, so we, that, that, that's our forte, you know, is just, you know, coming up with these ideas and, you know, inventions, if you want, uh, to, you know, kind of just have a safer workplace for not only the producers, but also, you know, all the employees that, that work around them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pat Young, one of the examples I talk about many times on this program. And Mr. Young, I'll tell you the example I often describe. One of the reasons why I love the oil and gas industry is because it keeps the essence of capitalism alive. Where and, and then the example I give is you can take a roustabout working on a rig and he can figure out a new vibrating tube. And next thing you know, he's got a company and he's got a contract and he's making good money. And all that is within the course of a year's time from just working as a roustabout. And you were a former roustabout, weren't you? Yeah, so I, uh, I, I broke out in the oil industry in Wyoming. I've been in the industry for about 14 years now. And, uh, you know, then relocated to uh, North Dakota, roustabout the entire time, uh, chasing drilling rigs around, building tank batteries. Uh, was actually requested to come up to North Dakota through one of my company men I previously worked for. Uh, to you know, show some of the guys you know how to how, how to how to build build some batteries and this and that and you know it was yeah about uh, about roughly four years ago three years ago you know I just had this idea I wanted to do and you know so we had that little that little downturn a few years ago where oil kind of you know fell down there pretty good and so we had a little bit of spare time we were still busy and just kind of went with the idea I wanted to do, you know, just kind of just pull the tape measure out, didn't know exactly how it was going to work, but I had the concept down and, and then just started going with it. And yeah, and within three days I had the first prototype, installed it, worked the very first time. I was extremely happy that day. And, uh, it's just a good feeling when you have an idea and it works and it's and everything went through really really good and and then we kind of perfected it one more time after that and it was just on the money and then it was just like okay we got to make more models and then and then just kind of just took off from there so you know I, I think anybody with the right mind frame and a little bit of especially vision you know they can they can change anything they want you know and and, and, and in a good way so, so it, was a, it, was, it was it was a great time uh, would you you technically be an inventor wouldn't you yeah so we uh we are patent pending in canada and the u.s as well and uh so we're looking uh we should be hearing back on that very very soon we uh we, we talk to the attorneys every day, and we've uh, had some great feedback from the uh, up in Canada and in the U.S. on, you know, all of our claims and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess you could say I've been labeled a little bit as the 
little bit of a local inventor, I, I guess you could say. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like that's what it was. I mean, patent pending, whatever. I mean, the thing's still invented. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like. Yeah, well, I don't like to talk myself up. Yeah, I, sure. Well, that's what I'm here for is to talk that up. Why not? So, uh, okay, so you're based in Watford. Uh, how many employees do you guys have? So we, we got about six employees right now and uh, about the, the same amount of uh, sales reps that, you know, they, they, they run around to the different regions. A lot of them, uh, a lot of them go out of state. So, you know, that's another avenue that we use to, you know, kind of branch all over the nation. And, you know, and we're, we're centralized right here in Watford. So uh, it, it's working out real good, you know, if you uh, if you're a good salesman, come on down to the Patlock shop and uh, here in Watford, give me a call at 307-689-7002. Give me a shout. We'll sit down with you and we'll work something out. How's business down in Texas and New Mexico? So we did a, we, we did a big show in Midland uh, a little over a month ago. Great show. Great people down there. And, uh, you know, it was kind of the same response that we got up here was why wasn't this thing, you know, you know, made, you know, 40 years ago. So we, uh, everything turned out pretty good down there. We made a lot of great contacts. We'll actually be going to Houston uh, here in about two weeks. Uh, got a whole week full of meetings. Uh, that's going to be very exciting. We have branched off over to, you know, Carlsbad and Hobbs, New Mexico. You know, so the, you know, people ask me how the business is going, and I, and I just kind of say Patlock is its own. It's kind of like its own person, and it just has its own pulse, and it, it just kind of spreads all over the place. To listen to the full-length interview with Pat Young or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. That's going to do it for this week's Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'd like to thank you folks for joining us this week here on the radio. We'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. If you're tuning in online via streaming or perhaps you're downloading one of our podcasts on iTunes or one of the many other podcast platforms that we're on, I'd like to thank you folks very much for doing that. I'm told to ask for you to leave a comment as well. Adam, uh, young millennial, his heart was in the right place chewing me out saying i don't ask people for comments not my style he really went into it so you know what i'm all about go ahead and leave one if you want don't leave good leave bad leave the ugly doesn't matter to me i'm just happy that you engage i'm happy that you listen we're very grateful here if you want to leave a comment go ahead but you know he he makes sense and it's something i'm trying to work on so this is me working on me asking you all right that's going to do it this week for the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies, asking you to save your life and enjoy the spice. No other choice. You are queen of the midnight run. Eleven years of dark to test the sun. The AM radio and the dashboard lights. You have a road in the middle of the night. You have a road in the middle of the night. First full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. 
Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 